0: Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Are you passionate about creating amazing podcasts? Terrific. You are in the right place. Welcome to Pod Talk, short conversations with podcast creators that are not just about podcasting because I like to take the scenic route. My guest today is Julie Angel, who's actually gone on several scenic routes with me in real life. Welcome, Julie. How are you this morning?
1: Hi, Craig. Thank you for having me here. I am well. Uh,
0: Terrific. I, oh, uh... Nah, no backstory. So Julie is the person who did, for those people listening who know that I have like a parkour thing, um, if you ask me what is parkour and I have a chance to send someone a URL, I send them your, well, it's on YouTube now, but your movie, Movement of Three, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, And I've always thought from the very moment that I saw it, I've always thought it was Well, first of all, when it came out, it was like, most stuff is here. And then there's this video comes out. It's like, whoa, the production, like who shot this? This is clearly somebody who's done documentary film. So I kind of want to start us talking about documentary. uh, Is documentarianism a word or like can be? Yeah. It is now. (laughs) now. (laughs) So my first thought is you not so recently started your own podcast and. We talked before and you said it was delightful because you're just like it takes 20 minutes though, this gear, that thing, click, and you're done. It's not really a big lift these days. But I'm wondering what and I don't want to say, what mistakes you see podcasters make, you know, from your perspective of understanding documentary and even anthropology. And I'm just looking for the perspective from the anthropologist or the perspective from the documentarian about how or what are some ideas that we should be considering when we're making podcasts.
1: Sure. So my background is in, so I started my first ever job thing project I did when I left school was actually working in community radio and I would do two and a half days a week. And for me, that was perfect. It was like, okay, great. And then I need to go out to play the rest of the time. So that really (laughs) suited me. And then I had various adventures in the world of portrait photography, And having a a, quote, proper job, which didn't suit me in any (laughs) way, shape or form (laughs) at at, at 19 years old, I was like, no, this, this is not a a sustainable option for me to go to the same place every day at certain times Mm. on certain days, this is not working. And so then, uh, I did sound engineering and music production, and then I went to art school and I did film production And so having these audiovisual trainings were so key and what made it really easy for me to then go, oh, like I'm so happy the technology is so accessible now. It's just democratized everything in the same way that phone cameras did, in the same Mm -hmm. way that when YouTube began, um... I never really. I, I joined YouTube a, a few months after it began because I was looking for places to put films I'd made that were short form content. It's the
0: only place, right?
1: So k- prior to YouTube, you could um, enter film festivals, and like the highest echelon would be your film would be on one of the kind of trailers on an airplane. <laughs> like you, you had landed. You like if you could do that. And um, so short form content was really a, a kind of unknown entity at that time. So all of these things have just democratized it. And yet there's still a difference between quality and something that everyone can do more easily now. And having gone through and particularly having gone through the process of Making working on fiction films, so being the sound recordist on film dramas, you're always listening. And it's more about the listening than about anything else. And when you're interviewing, you don't want any bleed. And the bleed is the crossover of my voice on your voice. So there's no separation, et cetera. And if you can't separate an element, you can't then control that element. And so the technical side of things are, so that's kind of from the technical side of things. And then if I put my visual anthropology hat on, which is really about, I mean, for me, visual anthropology was using my audiovisual training to celebrate, explain, and share difference in the world. So how does one person's or culture's way of doing things how can I share and express and communicate that to another group or culture hmm. that can then benefit from those understandings and learnings? So my field work was to go and understand the parkour community. So you're playing this insider-outsider role all of the time of, well, I need to be in it to understand it, but then I need to be able to come outside of it to explain it in ways that all the other people who are outside of it could understand it. Understand it. Because there's a different language, there's a different culture, there's a different uh, value system. And having audiovisual tools were, were, was my methodology. Other people have done similar things using illustration. Other people, traditionally, anthropology, a lot of anthropology was done um, through the written word. So someone would go in the field, whether whether that was, um, you know, some explorer going to uh an island or a jungle. And people have this idea of anthropologists in this sort of Indiana Jones type-esque right, right. adventure. Um, and what was really came through in my visual anthropology field work, which connects to podcasting, is the less technology you have, the better the conversations will be. So when I was doing The filming of these parkour people going into this movement culture. And also, when I started doing that research, I was a 35 year old woman going and spending time with generally 18 to 20 year old guys. So it was a very, there was a a demographic that was very different. There's a context that we all have that we bring to any recording endeavor or situation. And the smaller my technology was, the more I could wear either no headphones or a a hidden in here in yeah, here in side. ear headphone, the better the communication and conversation. So the more that the technology becomes less of a thing, even visually. So I look at you with your your headphones on, and and they're great headphones. And I try <laughs> and hide mine with just one thing <laughs> under my hair. But I'm you sat know, there with this big microphone in front of me. But I made it black, and so I wear black.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But if we were both sat opposite, if we were sat at a dinner table or in a coffee shop, our ease would be different. So the more, because you're ultimately looking to see how, I mean, there's a difference between also, you know, are you a hard hitting investigative journalist? Yeah. Are you someone who's looking for engagement? Are you just looking for someone to share their educational tips? I think you need to kind of know your why, and then in the podcasting realm, it's to really understand the what the role is and what kind of uh, communication you want to have here. Do you, is it like well for me? It's just me and you in this room, and right. audience of one me and me, that's, that's it. And if we have a great conversation and we know there's going to be value for it, that's, that's amazing because you want people to stay in the present. You want people to not be, uh, aware of, am am I saying this in a way and is someone going to benefit from that? Depending on maybe, or if you're like, this is my thing and I present and I, I perform, So are are you a podcast of performance or are you a podcast of authentic conversation? Are you a podcast of education? And I think it's just interesting to be clear on your why, and then you can really lead with what's going to work best for that. Mm. And it has to, like, nobody can get away with crap sound. Even as a filmmaker,
0: that's in the way, right?
1: <laughs> you can, it's amazing, honestly. What shitty visuals you can get away with if you've got good sound, because nobody can. Um, it's it's such a stress on our brain to have warble, warble, wind in the or background. I like when our
0: call gets laggy, when this call itself that we're using gets laggy, it's like, oh, it takes some strength to pretend that it's not <laughs> freaking me out, right?
1: Yeah, or you're on the phone to someone and you really want to talk to them and you're like, I'm sorry, it's really hard to hear. Like, It's really un- hard to understand what you're saying. It's It's tiring. And if there's a little friction point of, maybe somebody's nervous or they're, they're rushed or on then like that just throws the whole thing. So the, the things that, um, I see as someone who's come from this audiovisual background and done the anthropology and the field work where you're just looking to like, how can someone share their thing? How, like, you know, you're bringing someone on because there, there's something that you want them to share. So how can you facilitate this sharing, this this understanding or and w- whether it's a, an expose or whether it's education or whether it's just pure comedy or whether it's just an excuse to catch up with a friend, like it's all good. Um, to take the steps you can to understand the tools you're, d- you're working with and to know that they're just tools. You can ha- you can be the best technician, but if you can't engage in a conversation <laughs> respectfully, it's, <laughs> it's really not going to go far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I was thinking when you were talking about uh, performance, um, sometimes I, I was going to say see, but I usually only listen to audio shows. But when I see podcasters, you can hear, I don't know if I feel like that they're trying to put on an affect, but sometimes you can hear that they're struggling. And that's, I don't know, it's like it's like telling jokes. Some people can tell them and some can't, some people just show up, they, they hit record, especially like when I have guests, like in person, some people show up, they sit down, I point a microphone at them and it's just like tech isn't even here. We're just doing our thing. And then, and at the end, I'm just like, Oh, wow, that's an hour and 40 minutes of awesome. I don't know how we're going to edit that. And then other times I can clearly see people are really struggling. And I'm, I'm kind of wondering, uh, there's, two things all right two things and a little bit extra so th- if you're wondering this is actually what julie is like normally i know you spend enough time with you in person that like this is what she's always like uh you know you're walking down the street going from point a to point b and it's, it's exactly these kinds of conversations <laughs> and julie doesn't affect anything to show up like this uh, and the other point was um i don't know whether to encourage people who feel imposter syndrome to just like ignore it hit record and do the thing Or whether it's better, and I actually don't know the answer to this question. I'm not just like setting it up. Or whether it's better to say, you really need to figure that out. Like, is it better to just let people work through it because of of the beauty of it's all free tape now? Like, you know, you just play it all into the void forever. So, you think there's a difference in whether people just try to like work it out, you know, work through it, or whether they should really, no, if that's a problem, you should really stop and please stop doing that until you figure out how (laughs) how to show up for real?
1: I think I think we get better at what we practice, and we we get better at what we do. Like it, it's like anything that's training, and I think that to put yourself in a kind of comfortable mm. or safe environment during that practice is really helpful. So mm. I'm really a believer in like set yourself up for success. Like if you feel you're not doing this well, like I, something. Some, a friend of mine, uh, Steve Jemmy said to me when I started um, being a guest on people's podcasts um, and I, I said like, oh yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing this podcast thing. And he said, um, he said, oh yeah. And I was like, oh, you've, you've done quite a few. Like, do you enjoy them? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I said, do you ever listen back to them? He's like, no, never. I was like, cool. I'm never going to listen back to mine <laughs> because if I start to deconstruct how I speak, how I say, it, I'm just going to be like,
0: Uh, yeah analysis paralysis
1: yeah and then you're just plagued by self-awareness and like as we're recording this (laughs) i could i could look at you or i could look at me and then if if i start looking at me i'm like oh look at my hair
0: we're not recording video
1: (laughs) that's the reason why i don't record video (laughs) but if i'm just looking at you to to engage it then I'm, i'm just sat here and i'm talking to craig and that's brilliant and ask other people who know and love you mm, for voice. their yeah. critical feedback yeah. because we are not objective in any way, shape or form. And so I'm, I'm not like, go figure it out. I'm like, go and practice. And you can also, what you make, you don't have to share. <laughs> I, I'm the filmmaker who makes so Cutting many room films
0: floor, right.
1: <laughs> who, just, who wouldn't show any I would have like, a, you know, you, you have a new boyfriend and they're like, oh, you're filming. filmmaker. Oh, would I, would I have seen anything? Maybe. Oh, can you show me a film? Like, no. <laughs> 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 no like, what do you mean no? I'm like, no, no. no, you have an idea of me at the moment. And maybe <clears throat> if you watch my films, you'll have a different idea of me. But I'm no. not ready for that yet. Um, mm. So we get better at what we do more of and then maybe as you do more of it you start to realise, well, is there joy in this for me? Is there value in this for me? And and I think a lot of people maybe think like, oh maybe um, you know, if you're an entrepreneur or you have a project and you think, oh, this will get me more reach or this will you know, there's lots of different motivations for doing podcasts. My my reason for setting up a podcast was, well, number one, it's like, oh I get to kind of have my own radio show. That'll be fun. And it's far easier technically than making films and doing a visual documentary. And it's a great excuse to go and talk to people that I want to have really interesting conversations with. And I don't want to be the gatekeeper of, well, why should I only be, why should I be the only person who gets to listen to that conversation? I'm I'm really happy to have the conversation. No one's there when I'm having the conversation, but then, Oh, I know that there's benefit or value to that. I, oh, okay, cool. I'll get Like it's like saying, oh, "I'd love you to meet my friend." I'd love you to meet my friend Craig. Hmm. That's why I'm having the conversation yeah. with Craig. So that's my way of connecting knowing my why and and you know, for me it's a it's a medium and a format that works. I'm I'm comfortable with the tech. It was an easy in. I have the training and I love that it's democratized. Like Post-pandemic, everyone knows how to zo- use Zoom. Yes, yes. Set it, it up works. Zoom. Maybe, maybe you know, you've got a laptop. Worth, and it's free, it's free to have a YouTube channel. It's free to have uh, the basic Zoom package. And if you've got a computer, or you could do it on your phone. Yes. You can sign up for multiple podcast suppliers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can you can get a free Canva account. No, is Canva? Yeah, there's a free account with Canva. You can create a graphic. You can think of a name. You know, you can do it in the most kind of billy basics of, in a very like punk DIY culture.
0: Yeah, without needing to spend. Between record and stop, and if you hit that, if you're if you're passionate about what's in there, that that comes through.
1: if there's value and quality, it will shine yeah. through. And and an equivalent in the film world used to be <clears> that a lot of people would say like, oh, but I need this camera and I need this lighting and I need this thing and I need that. And there's a, a British filmmaker called Shane Meadows. And he, instead of like shooting on film and, you know, which costs a fortune to shoot, shoot on film, it's literally like, oh, wow, like <laughs> 50 <was> pounds. <laughs> 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 and I don't think that was the right shot. <laughs> God, let's go again. Um, and he, I remember seeing his work at the Edinburgh Film Festival, and he shot this film on VHS tapes using his mates as actors, borrowing space and time, because it was the story. It was the, the storytelling and the value and the quality, and that shines through. And, you know, our, uh, Darren Aronofsky's first film, Pie, was made on a tiny, tiny budget, you know, before he went and made Black Swan and, and things like that. His second film he made on a tiny, tiny budget, huge success. His third film was given loads of money, not so much for success. So mm. it's, it's really going back to what is the quality
0: of the content well, there's the whole thing about the container or the constraints of a container. And and in the parkour universe, this is like a thing all the time. You're like, well, you got to work with what's here or we need to do the thing here. Or like, well, the floor is lava. We add these constraints or they're already in the space that we find. And when I, so I, I fell backwards into podcasting like as a trust fall kind of thing. I was literally just having cool conversations with people like in places, you know, and I'm walking and I'm talking to people and Julie's like nodding along and, There'd be people walking behind us, you know, we're like, bah, 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 and I get to the end of the, you know, place to place. And people will be like, that should have been a podcast. I would have listened to that. And then I went, I guess it should be a podcast. And that's, that's how I, I got started. And the, everything before record and after stop, I like tore through like, what's the simplest thing that could possibly work Because I don't want to do any of that crap. Um, I really love the experience of recording in person. So I, I spent a ton of time playing Tetris, you know, like oh, this microphone and this cable. And like you know, and then it was like, okay, now let's drag it to Girl Lab or something. And that was fun to play with the tech, but it was nowhere near like maximal audio quality. It was like, oh, these are the simplest microphone stands that don't really fall over, you know, and the guest can kind of work the mic without handling it. It was just like 80-20 finding what I had to do to get, to the delivered thing that i was trying to create uh but your point about never listening to your own <laughs> podcast i'm like i sometimes listen on purpose to like okay i might get out my and like see where i'm screwing up or where i have manners of speech like i go in with like a magnifying glass and look for things but i don't i i learned i used to think i had a some judgment, like I would go in with a ruler and be like, this is a good episode. This episode is a little short. This one's kind of okay. I learned because I have the beautiful privilege of actually going places and running into people who either been on the show virtually or that people know me. And invariably the episode that random person loved, I was like, hmm, I was thinking of that public. I don't say this to them, but I was, I was thinking that one was subpar, but it turns out that I actually am not a good judge of what the other person is going to think. Imagine that. So uh, your point also about Every every person brings a context that brings a perspective, brings a bias to what you're capturing. Um, all the time, when I'm next to the microphone, I'm constantly thinking like, "Oh, everything I say is biased," and there are people who're no. thinking, "Shut up and let Julie talk," you know. And I'm just like, "Ah," and I, I lock up if I think about it too much. But
1: yeah, you got to get out of your own way. <laughs> and, and and for me the. For me, the sign of a really great conversation or recording is at the end of it, I'm like, I just have a, I always ask myself like, was that really good? Or like, Meh. and if it was really good, it's just like, oh, it was really good. And then if someone says, what did you talk about? I go, I'm not sure. I don't know. I was just in it.
0: <laughs> That's probably a good but Was point. It was really good. Flow state. Yeah.
1: And so I just, my my kind of deconstruction is how did I feel at the end of it?
0: Hmm.
1: and that's it and it's it, i kind of treat it as theater in the sense of like that that was that was the moment we 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 conversed we connected amazing cool hmm.
0: yeah i was when you said theater i'm like three acts and story arc and that's something i come well, i don't completely ignore it but when i'm recording these things i don't know there's probably a name for this format of show where it, the thing either goes out or it doesn't it's it's not quite a hot mess but it's as it's found, you know. And those don't normally have a story arc. I if I'm lucky, we know where we're starting if we're lucky. And then it's just like, I don't know, we're going this journey. And then the end is somewhere when it feels like the end. And I I actually think that's super easy to do. And I know a lot of people who that wigs them out. Like they want us they want to either a story arc, not maybe literally a storyboard, but they want to know what they're supposed to be doing. And then they record and then they go back and maybe they edit to, you know, hang it on the wireframe, but the idea of like, you're going to make a, you know, Craig, you're going to make a show by just pressing record. And we're going to just, blah, 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 for third and then we're going to hit stop. And it's going to work 300 times. Like, I'm like, yeah, how else would you do it? Cause anything else sounds really hard. I don't, I don't know how to do it the other way. And maybe it's just, I never tried, but.
1: And also there's, there's many forms of theater, a tradition, <laughs> a traditional three-part <laughs> narrative is, is, is only one way to do theater. And there's so many ways to do storytelling and it could be an improvisation. It could be a monologue. It could be massive audience participation. It, could, it doesn't have to always follow the hero's journey. It doesn't have to be autobiographical. It doesn't have to be chronological. And there's, when you were talking about the the constraints, there's a wonderful documentary called The Five Obstructions. And there's, uh, it fe- features, it's Lars von Trier, who's a very interesting filmmaker. And he sets his friend who's, um, I can't remember his name now, um, a French filmmaker who was living in Haiti at the time. And Lars is kind of enamored by this filmmaker. And the whole thing, it's a, it's a documentary. And he basically sets him these five different challenges to try and kind of undo him, to try and, you know, kind of be like, ah, see, you're not such a great artist. You're So he oh. gives him all these challenges. So the first challenge is you have to go and make a film where every shot is only 18 frames long. Oh, and you have to go and make it in Cuba. And you have to do – and you can't use actors. And so the the main protagonist – so he goes – and this is kind of documentary. So you see him making the film, and then you see these little short films that he makes. And he makes a film, and he's an artist. So he approaches these challenges as like, well, this is an just creative problem solving of how how do I get my creativity around this? And he makes extraordinary films every time. And he goes back to Lars, and then they watch the film together. And then Lars is like, Oh, my God, this is, and you could see he's really angry. He's really pissed off. He's like, <laughs> "What a too good. Actually, I made that far too easy for you. I gave you a gift. What, 18 frames for every shot in, in Cuba? Like, and no actors? Well, of course, of course you made something beautiful. So he then sets another challenge and another challenge and another challenge. And the most difficult film he had to make during this film was one where he said, you can go make whatever you want with whatever budget you want. And it's the worst thing for any creative mind to do. Mm. And it's out of these improvisations, these adaptations that we find other ways of exploring and being, rather than going, "Well, here's the formula, here's the recipe, and therefore here's the outcome." Like, what a, what a, like, there's no novelty there. There's no, and it's not to say, well, you know, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the you know, the hero's journey and the constructs and I understand it and... and Greek the- tragedy
0: is a great thing, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'm also like a really big fan of abstract cinema and improvisation and, and theater that goes to places that you have no notion that it will go to because it's like saying, well, a conversation has these rules and it's like, bullshit, no, it doesn't. A conversation is a conversation. There's right. not... A conversation is only a conversation if it happens like this. Like, no, how... how how limiting, how yeah. uninspired. I let it let it go where it wants to go. So this I think just this idea of um just show up and and be and be in that moment and spend time in the now and where it goes is where it goes. Um, and
0: and I, I can't ever
1: be responsible for how someone else receives what I say. Simplicity. Yeah, that's a
0: huge pitfall, especially in podcasting, because it's so already, it's it's splintered, like are my reviews on Apple, or my reviews on, like everything's all over the place. So if you, if you reach for that, what do they call the thing that they dangle in front of the cats? It's not cat, there's like a cat toy, you cat know, it's like a, or something.
1: well, there's like a little stick fluffy, thing the, on a stick. A
0: fluffy thing on a stick. <laughs> if you reach for that, then there's like nine of them. Like, that is really dangerous in in podcasting. I mean, I re- you know, if I release my big thing and it fails, if at least there's only one venue, like there's a clear indicator. If you want to get distracted by the indicator, there's one indicator. But for podcasting, there's just so many things you could just spend all your time chasing that fractal chaos. Um, I've never could-
1: ever looked at what my podcast reviews are.
0: Uh, I yeah, I I looked a while ago on Mover's mindset, and I was just kind of like, "All right." I mean, <laughs> one of my really good friends said it sounds better than Cats in Heat, and I was like, I, "I'm not sure how to take that." Like, <laughs> so an
1: interpretation.
0: Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "That's cool." Um, I mean, if someone reaches out to me and says, "Like, that was a really great conversation," I'm like, "Amazing."
0: Hmm.
1: And I think for me, my judge on mine is that. At, like I said, at the end of it, I have if I have this feeling of like, that was a great conversation, I'm like,
0: great. Yeah, that's the definition of success. Job I, done. I told myself over and over and over until now I actually believe it and I tell everybody else, I think the definition of success is if one person listens to this episode and at some random point down the road bumps into you in real life, they can have a conversation with you and they don't have to do the first three or four minutes of like, oh, hi, I'm Bob. Nice. They can just go like, oh, wait, I know who you are. And you can just like on-ramp to your conversation. That's like my definition of success. One person bumps into you, has a better conversation sooner, winning, like, because I don't have sponsors. I don't have to accomplish anything. I don't have to oh, me get cons. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. And that, that's one thing that annoys me about some podcasts is the first seven minutes is just sponsor talk.
0: Yeah. And set up. And yeah. I know I know why. Like I get like, it. You get know, on with it. Because <laughs> the problem I have is, I mean, since I don't have that, I have to edit and I have to do all the stuff myself. But I just like, for, uh, so this particular show is like three years old and Movers Mindset is starting its eighth year. Oh, wow. And Congratulations. Oh, thanks. I wasn't trying to, I wasn't fishing for a compliment, but along the way, like in the third year with Movers Mindset, I kind of went, I can't. I have to just like do what I feel like doing. I can't pretend that I'm supposed to have like this journey where it's going to then, and then it's going to get big enough so I can do it I'm like, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep pushing record as long as it's fun. And I'm going to hit stop. And then I'm always going to grumble because all the stuff after stop. And I'm like, blah, 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 but, but like, and then at the end I hit ship and I'm just like, yeah, people like it. Okay. That was worth it. Do it again. Do it again. Do it. And like, uh, that's just no like particular cadence. Yeah. Well, I, I like it in the moment. I whew, very rare. There have been, there are two that I can think of where the conversation in the moment was a solid, uh, and me and the person both went uh, and we can stop. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and, and you know, both of those people, but I'm not name dropping. Interesting. And then,
1: and do you know why? Yes. Um, not to share it, but do you know, you yes, do know why. Uh, it was
0: because, and it took me a while to figure out why. In one case, it was because the person, and you actually know both of these people, Julie knows both of these people. One of them, I tried to force him into the box that was the show. And what actually was, I there's an awesome, I had like 9,000 hours of great conversations with the person, but none of them were a mover's mindset podcast. So I learned my lesson about just because I have great conversations with people doesn't mean I can stuff them into the box. They don't fit in that show. I had to learn that one the hard way. Um, we had a great we had a great, la- we had a great laugh about it and then we did other cool things for hours. It was awesome. Uh, and then the other time it happened, I tried to record a, an episode from mover's Mindset. This was also very early on. And me and the other person who know each other really well, we have great conversations all the time, like we should totally be able to do this. We tried to do it without really knowing what we were doing. Like we tried to just like dance. And we were like, uh and we we, you know like we couldn't we couldn't move. Um and in hindsight we realized that it was because we we tried to just like cold start it. We hadn't really discussed like what are we trying to do here? Like what's it for? Yeah. (laughs) Nice. I forgot about that. Let's not talk about um I still have flashbacks to the cannoli at the place (laughs) after the thing. That's a great story. Uh, too much sugar and up too late. Um, I'm watching the time tick, and the idea of this show is that it's supposed to be fairly short. But I want to want to pull on one more string because you and I are going to wind up doing lots of episodes. But for this one, are there any constraints that you can think of? Because I love to try and find you know ways to make people walk away going, oh, I should try that." Are there any anything any constraints in the podcasting space? Let's just say, like in the concept of audio, that you can think of that people might not have tried, or like you know something from Documentary, like years I can learn it in school, you know, where they say, try standing on one leg. Or see what I'm saying? Like, are there, I'm looking for interesting ways to constrain oneself as a podcaster that we might not have thought of. Not an easy question.
1: Oh, I have a good one. When the other person's talking, make sure your lips are sealed and you're breathing in and out through your nose.
0: Oh, that leads us to something.
1: And it wasn't (laughs) the intention to lead us. To where we, we can go. But what it does is it makes you kind of bite your tongue mm. and it allows the other person to speak and it trains you as a better listener. And unless you're listening, you can't kind of ask then like take it to the next bit. You're not, and you don't have to be in this kind of reactive response all the time otherwise it just ends up like a, ah! <laughs> <Yeah. It's laughs> which is time. nice and yeah, yeah and 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 natural and, and and we do it and it's in conversation um but if you can train your listening and the best way to train your listening is to breathe in and out through your nose and your lips are sealed and this also does a lot of things for your nervous system um but it's also going to allow you to actually Listen, hearing and listening are different skills. Yes. You're hearing the person, but you're, you're not everyone is a listener and it's something that can really help. And when you listen, you will then really start to hear, how is my audio? How is their audio? What, what are they saying? Am I, am I sighing? Am I like going, <laughs> doing, doing these weird mouthy things? Spring
0: macaroni and cheese. <laughs>
1: and And what are the extraneous sounds in your room? Yeah. Do you listen to your room if you if you were to like record atmos, what was what would that sound like? Like I can hear the fridge, but my fridge my fridge is back there, like it's yeah. behind me. I
0: don't hear it. I might yeah. hear it in post, but it will stay in
1: <laughs> it it will stay in and to also know, well, as long as it wasn't really disruptive or and sometimes yeah. my my dog comes in and his water bowl's nearby. And he's a very, very <laughs> loud water-drinking dog. And so I just – and I'm I'm not prepared to not allow my dog Mm-mm. to drink water during a recording. Right. So I just make it part of it. I'm like, oh. And, and it's generally not an if Pax is going to do it. It's like, mm. well, it's just a when. So when he does it, I'm just like, oh, it's just Pax getting some water.
0: <laughs> well, if and I it's was a part of life. Pigeon... If I was sitting in the kitchen, he would come in the room and I, I often joke my podcasts are powered by coffee and then I bang my cup and dogs. And That's always like, I mean, sometimes you'll hear me in podcast episodes where I'm like, all right, so tell me more about that. And I'm like, I'm way far from the mic because I'm scratching the dog that's under the table. <laughs> There's no dog in there. And it's a really
1: nice way to connect. I've had a lot of podcasts where, um, you know, visually I'm seeing the other person I'm talking to and my dog walks past in the background and they're like, oh, Oh, what kind of one is he? And then everyone's at ease. Mm-hmm. Everyone's at ease. And you have found this common ground. And so I don't, I don't deviate from that. Like, no, but hang on. We're supposed to be talking about sleep and breath work. Da, da, da. It's like, yeah. no, it's this one of the a really great podcast um, conversation I had last year. We spent the whole first 10, 15 minutes talking about our dogs. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm love me, love my dog. So if you're not into dogs and you don't want to listen to me, then that's a great filter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go. Where's she Because I agree. If people don't like dogs, I usually say they must have had a really bad experience at some point. Um, I already mentioned I'm watching the time. Uh, we've talked about like 50 things and nobody has any idea who you are. I'm like, okay, at this point... Um, Uh, tell me because the breath thing let's let's do the breath thing is really important so tell me where people can learn more about the breath work coaching and however you want to phrase that I don't know if I want to say teaching or courses Uh, and where can people go to find more about your podcast and what's your podcast called
1: yeah so I'm multi-passionate so I am a filmmaker a podcast I have a podcast called the curious midlife I am a published author Thank you. I'm a published author. The book is called Breaking the Jump. I am a movement coach, parkour coach, and certified breathwork coach. So my recent passions have shifted. So I'm still in the creative industries and I still do that work. And I'm also very passionate these days about working, especially with women in midlife and Inviting them to see the world as a playground, mm-hmm. to move <laughs> differently, and to know that as we're that you can really age in a really positive, fun way that has nothing to do with spending hours in the gym and <laughs> doing mm-hmm. extreme diets or extreme anything. And the breath work has been uh, such a beautiful gift to add into all of this because it's a movement skill because we're breathing all the time we're all very effective and that's brilliant like nobody should stop that we're all really good keep breathing that's really nice and really good and really <laughs> important however how we breathe is one of the biggest indicators of where our nervous system's at if we yes. if we go if we move through the world in fight or flight or rest and digest and everything is happening downstream of our breathing so mm-hmm. if you're a heavy overbreather then everything from how you sleep, your anxiety, your thought, your creative thinking, your metabolism, your blood pressure, your recovery, your performance, your memory, your focus is all affected by how much you're breathing, how quickly you're breathing, how heavy you're breathing. And the most beautiful thing is, and I'm a minimalist, so it's free. It's with you all the time. You don't need – it's it's not like, oh, well, I can't do my breath work because I I left that thing in my other bag or it's in the car. (laughs) It's like, no, it's just me, myself, and I. And so I help people restore functional breathing patterns in three to four weeks. And it's extraordinary, and it's amazing, and it's really exciting. And it's always something where I say to people, you have no idea of your potential. Until you've restored functional breathing patterns, Mm. you have no idea of your potential for – how happy you can be, how healthy you can be, how strong you can be, how calm you can be. Um, So I do all that fun stuff. And people can find out about all of these different passions at julieangel.com. And there's various free resources there. You can get a movement snacks guide you can get a free crawling quadrupedal movement guide you can see my films you can watch movement of three and find out well what's the big deal about this this little short film (laughs) and you can find my podcast and you can reach out and i'd be very happy to connect with anyone who's who's found us through this
0: terrific um we had a pre, pre-call pre and I was like, <clears throat> so sorry, that it took like eight years to get around to inviting you on the other show, which we'll do shortly. Um, but it was everything that I knew it would be. So it was a delight. Um, I'm actually like silly excited because there's like a pile of podcasters who have no clue who you are. And I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Like the other show's audience, they know who you are. They'd love to hear from you too, but these people, they don't even know who you are. They're going to be so excited when they find this out. So um, I had a terrific time, obviously, and I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat.
1: Uh, Well, thank you so much. And for anyone who's listening, hello, and it's really nice to meet you. And thank you, Craig. Have a beautiful day.